The time has come, so turn up the sound. It's time for Buried Broadway. Hiya. Hello. I'm Jen Beverelli. And I'm Mikey Beverelli. And welcome to... Buried Broadway, where we discover, dissect, and demystify forgotten Broadway musicals that we most likely found on vinyl for a dollar. But we're not doing that today because it's a special bonus episode. How exciting! We're talking about a movie. Oh my goodness. I said it like that because it's scary. (laughs) I was like, am I scared of this? I mean, it is kind of scary. So, Jen, I can't think of anything that I have to say right now, but I think you have some things to plug. I know. This is the new segment that should be called Jen Plugging Stuff. (laughs) Uh, I have three things to plug for a person who is still on unemployment and doesn't really have much to do. I certainly have some things to say. So the first thing is, this episode is going to come out either the 29th or 30th of October, and I have a Zoom reading of none other than War of the Worlds. Which Are you sick of it yet? <laughs> completely wasn't planned. Not at all. <laughs> but this is the Orson Welles version of the H.G. Wells story, War of the Worlds. So it's kind of the same, but also different. And it is going to be on Zoom Friday, October 30th at... 7 p.m. and it is free 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 fitty no it's free it's just free (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to put a link to that zoom in our profile on instagram and i'll also put it on our facebook page so if you want to come on in watch a show we all miss it you should drop on by about a second ago, I said I had nothing to plug, but that was a lie. Uh, I actually do have something to plug. Yeah, because we're in it together. Mm-hmm. So Jen and I are both featured in a little audio drama of Edgar Allan Poe's story, Hop Frog, on the podcast Poe Theater on the Air. So you can hear us act vocally. We think it's going to be released in December, but we'll keep you updated on that. And now for the last shameless plug of my own. I was in a feature film. It is available on Amazon Prime. It was a little bit ago, but it's still interesting and relevant, especially with Keith Raniere getting sentenced to 120 years in jail (laughs) and also it being Halloween. I was in a movie called The Last of the Manson Girls, which is, you guessed it, about Charles Manson. And I play Squeaky Fromm. So if that interests you whatsoever, it is on Amazon Prime, just like the movie we are about to talk about right now. But unlike this movie, my movie, The Last of the Manson Girls, is free. So check it out if you have a minute. And guys, Jen is really great in this movie, and I know I might be a little biased, but she's just awesome. Uh, also, the rest of the cast is awesome, too, but Jen is, is awesome. So check it out, especially during the spooky season. Oh, no, the days are dwindling. So if you miss spooky season and you still just want to watch weird hippie girls do weird hippie stuff, just watch it in November. Or December. 
Or January. Or time is made up. Really, just watch it whenever. (laughs) Who cares? So now that we're done plugging actual stuff, it's time to plug ourselves. (laughs) Plug, plugity, plug. Yes. So we now have a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash buriedbroadway. It's going to be on the show notes on this episode. You can find it on our website. Or if you forget, you could do a search on Buried Broadway on Patreon. But it is patreon.com slash buriedbroadway. Yeah. And it has five different tiers that you can subscribe to. And each of them has their own little, well, first of all, fun cutesy name. Because hello, who do you think we are? (laughs) But also fun bonus bits that will come along with each tier. Some tiers get access to bonus episodes, like this one, which is why we wanted to put one out for free. Show you a little bit of what you're going to get, and then rip it away and make you (laughs) want it even more. And yeah, everyone, this show has kind of been a labor of love, and we've been putting our own money into it. We're happy to do it for free, but it is not free to produce. So every little bit will help us get better, maybe upgrade certain things, get some certain albums we're looking for. Yep. And there's even a tier that you get to choose your own album. And then we go buy it and do an episode about it. How cool is that? So if you want to have a little say in what we do, check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash buried Broadway. Or if you forget just visit our website. Maybe we should write a jingle. If you want to get in touch, just follow this address. It's B-E-V-A-R-E-L-L-I dot com. So today we are doing the movie Stage Fright, written and directed by Jerome Sable. And he also co-wrote the music with Ellie Battalion. So this movie is Jerome's only feature film. And Ellie and Jerome were childhood friends. And they wrote a short horror musical that got a good response. So they decided to write a feature film. Now, Jen and I are always on the lookout for that perfect so bad it's good B-list horror film. There was a time where we were binging them on a regular basis with friends Zombievers, anyone? <laughs> and we ran out and stumbled upon this on Netflix. So now it's only available on Amazon Prime, but you really should get it. But don't get it confused with the many other movies called Stage Fright. For reference, this is the one that was released in 2014. Yes. Yeah, so if you're looking for this Stage Fright, do Stage Fright 2014. Yes. Also, you can look at the cast because this movie has some amazing actors in it, including Meatloaf, Minnie Driver, and Brandon Uranowitz. So, Meatloaf. You may know him for his other Halloween cult classic, the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975, where he plays Eddie and sings Hot Patootie. Or for singing, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> And if you're too young to know that song, then hi, how are you? Enjoy your youth, but go listen to that song. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, Meatloaf grew up as Marvin Lee Aday in Dallas, Texas, where he played football and got his nickname Meatloaf. He also did plays in high school, including Where's Charlie? 
Holy. That's bonkers banana pants. And if you don't know what that musical is, then what in the world? You skipped ahead. Go back to episode (laughs) seven. So Meatloaf's true passion was music, and after college, he started various bands. But a friend told him to audition for Hair, and that is how Meatloaf ended up making his stage debut in the touring production of Hair. He then bobbled back and forth between music and theater. He developed a relationship with the public theater when cast in the musical More Than You Deserve that was being workshopped there. Because of this, Meatloaf did Othello and As You Like It with Shakespeare in the Park. I wish I could have seen that. There are some (laughs) pictures online. Ooh, I'm going to find them and put them (laughs) on the Instagram. The music writer of More Than You Deserve, Jim Steinman, wrote all the songs on Meatloaf's debut album, Bat Out of Hell. Jim has written many hits in his day and even wrote a musical based solely on this famous album, simply entitled Bat Out of Hell. Which we were going to see, but the U.S. tour got canceled, and that's a whole crazy story. Google it. But now, after reading that it's about Peter Pan, we really do have to see it. I must see everything that has to do with Peter Pan all the time. So, it's on the list. The next person that you probably know, and if you don't, you should, that's in this cast, is Minnie Driver. So, okay, she isn't in the musical long, spoiler alert, (laughs) so we won't talk about her in depth, but she definitely is a get for a small indie movie. I'm sure they paid for that name, and so we wanted to honor it. She is a British actress known for her TV and film work. Us musical theater kids would probably recognize her for her recurring role on Will and Grace as Lorraine Finster, Karen Walker's annoying stepdaughter. Or as Carlotta in the Phantom of the Opera movie. But her voice was dubbed in that, so when you hear her sing in this, you might be a little shocked. <laughs> <laughs> now the last person we want to talk about is Brandon Uranowitz. But he's certainly not the least. No. He is by far the biggest Broadway star in this movie. Uh, He might be the only Broadway star in this movie. No, there's Meatloaf. How rude! (laughs) So Brandon Uranowitz. He has three Tony nominations, two Drama Desk Awards nominations, and one Grammy nomination. Always a bridesmaid. (laughs) But he'll be a bride soon. Because I think he is amazing. He truly is. Uh, We happened to see him in... Torch Song Trilogy at the Studio Theater here in Washington, D.C. in 2013, which is so funny because he was probably about to or just finished filming this movie. Which is nuts because they couldn't be more different. Right. Also, I mean, we could be wrong. My feature film took forever to film and then forever and a buttload to edit. So maybe he filmed it in like 2011. I don't know. But either way... We saw him in Torch Song before we saw this movie, and then I was like, oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) You would probably recognize him as Mendel in Falsetto, since it was filmed, and if you haven't seen it, you really, really need to. Okay, but in November, it's Halloween movie time now, and we don't have time. True, true. Brandon Uranowitz was also on Broadway in Burn This, The Band's Visit, Prince of Broadway, and An American in Paris, which we were lucky enough to see. <laughs> he's already a star, but he's he's going to be a multi-Tony Award winner, uh, so watch out. Oh, yeah. 
So because this is a movie and not a vinyl or even a stage musical, we don't have an insert that has the full synopsis. So we found this synopsis on IMDb and we edited it a little bit. We zhuzhed it. Mm-hmm. Now, also, we're not going to hit every song in this musical, but we're going to hit some fun ones. So we're also not going to read out the entire synopsis because we don't want to spoil the movie and we want you to watch it because it is so funny. So we want to give you just enough to entice you to go on to Amazon and buy it. And we have no affiliation with these people at all. Mm -mm. We are not getting sponsored for doing this. So it feels weird for us to go tell you to buy stuff and then tell you to go on Patreon and give us stuff. But... (laughs) It's just the way it's working out this time. We promise that all the movies we cover in these bonus episodes or whatever we do, they're not always going to be movies, but you won't have to pay for all of them. (laughs) So with that, let's jump right in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ten years ago, Broadway diva Kylie Swanson. Mini driver. Opened the musical The Haunting of the Opera to a packed audience. I wonder what that's about. (laughs) On stage, her love died in her arms. So dramatic. Complete with a knife attached to red fabric to represent blood artfully. Ah, uh, yes. You have to... <laughs> you have to do that in uh, in the opera on the Broadway. Have you seen that in real life? No. I have seen that in real <gasps> life. No. I saw a production of Jekyll and Hyde where Murder Murder was just a bunch of that. What? Yes. Were they like the flags in... um? Did you have those in a uh, band, the flag people who waved flags? Oh. They're um, girls, usually. I did not, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, was r- it like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, it no. Was, it was. It was slow motion kills, and then just, like, he pulled, like, fabric. like. So he was also a clown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was closer to clowning than killing people. Oh, gosh. So there's more to this song. But we painted the scene. Mini driver's on stage holding this man filled with red fabric. And then she says, <gasps> No! Wasn't that beautiful? <laughs> Why are you not enticed and impressed? She actually has a good voice. Yeah. I mean, why is this happening? We don't know. I mean, it's an opera. Super dramatic. Let's move on. That same night, she was murdered backstage by an unknown assailant. Spoiler, spoiler. This is, guys, five minutes into the movie. Yes, it is. (laughs) She was murdered backstage by an unknown assailant wearing the mask of the play's villain, Opera Ghost. Years later, Kylie's children, Camilla and Buddy, have grown into teenagers raised by Roger McCall. Meatloaf. And the producer of a musical theater camp. Oh, we should say that Meatloaf was there in the flashback as well. He was, was he the producer or was he her manager? Mini Driver's manager. I don't know. He was either the producer or manager. Right. But he was there, just Mm -hmm. so everyone knows. Mm Mm-hmm. So then he randomly gets custody of these children 
I don't, I don't know understand. how that works, but <laughs> he's like the creepy uncle they never really liked and never really wanted to live with, and they're not even related to him, and somehow they end up with him. <laughs> don't think about it too hard. Let's no, move. No. Roger McCall Meatloaf. is the producer of a musical theater summer camp on the brink of bankruptcy. The kids arrive on buses and they are exactly who you think would come to this camp. A kid with headgear, little boys in tutus, a goth girl, a girl who just looks like Liza Minnelli. Like exactly like <laughs> Yes. And kids in glasses abound. They're everywhere. And Basically me as a child <laughs> all over the place. Just little kids. This is a very um, big camp. Like it ranges mm-hmm. from, I want to say like kindergarten to 12th. Oh, yeah. Like they don't not accept someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just, they take them all. I guess when you're on the verge of bankruptcy, you just enroll everyone and yeah. worry about how awkward that is later. <laughs> <laughs> the kids all sing... This amazing song. <laughs> yes. Here we go. We're here, we're here, we're here at Santa Stage. The place where we can be ourselves and no one calls us names. They call me weirdo. They call me freak show. They call me sissy. Puffy. Mushy, mushy. Homo. They call me very flitty. Very. Fruity. Climate. Bitchy. Liberace. And a slew of other low blows. All of us have heard these names of hate. But let me get one thing straight. I'm gay, I'm gay, but not in that way. Musicals move me and touch me in ways I can't say. He's gay, but not in that way. I sleep with women, but musicals make me feel gay. I'm gay, I'm actually gay. I don't get hard when I see TNA. Could be my DNA or how I was raised. We don't distinguish here at Center Stage. We're all gay, we're gay. All right. <laughs> it's so good. This song is legitimately very good. <laughs> it's so perfect. And when you see it, just everything about it is great. They zoom in on all these different people and you're like, I know that guy or that was me. <laughs> yeah, lots of different theater kids, stereotypes. Like, maybe all of them. No, not all of them. But it feels I like mean, there is. I don't think they left like, out anything, really. Yeah, packed into a, a little song. And <laughs> also, it seems like this song completely comes out of nowhere. It, um, it's very, very abrupt. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa! <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a musical. Yeah. Because um, her big note earlier was like, okay, she's performing in a musical. It was within a show. This and, is the first singing to express a higher emotion, if you will. <laughs> and that emotion is pure joy. <laughs> yes. And there's so many movements in this little oh, song. Oh, so many. So we're not going to be able to play the whole thing. But we're going to play my favorite movement. Uh, and those are everyone in the I'm gay movement. Well, that sounds nice. The I'm gay movement. Uh, <laughs> but everyone in there is part of the older group. So it's they're, you know, seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, they're actually like 28. But yes. <laughs> they're seniors in high school. And there's a cluster of three girls. One is the Liza Minnelli character. One is a, like redheaded girl. And the other girl is... Like, a blonde girl who thinks she's a hippie. 
And then there's this guy who has, I want to say like a Derek Klenna haircut. Oh. I know that's oddly specific. It is. But he has like a trademark haircut and that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the actual gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that they didn't make the gay guy a performer in this i think that's a cool choice yeah he's the stage manager yeah because honestly honestly it's a huge stereotype that could be easy to fall into but it's cool that they decided to go in a different direction Mm -hmm. but But he's still there oh yes i just do like this the quick line that you played the i sleep with women but musicals make me feel gay (laughs) (laughs) i really like and i didn't play this because it was too far in the beginning but the kids getting off the bus and their faces make it seem like they're shell shocked. Like they all have these big eyes and they're like, where have you been? How are you? What have we experienced for the past nine months since I last saw you? And they look like they've all just seen a war, but they're getting (laughs) off the bus from their real world and coming to a place where they belong. But this little nerdy kid says, I got beaten up a dozen times for singing Stephen Sondheim's rhymes and this other kid's like, oh, those school bu- bullies sound awfully bad. And he says, what school bullies? That was my dad. <laughs> and the music that goes along with it is it's perfect. Also, the choreography. There's choreography in this. And you actually just need to see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep going. I could talk about that number all day, but oh, you just sure. need to see it. So then we cut to Artie, who's played by Brandon Uranowitz. Yay! He's the student director for the summer. Because he's totally student <laughs> He dramatically announces this year's show. And it's everything you could ever want. I don't even know how to describe it. You just got to watch it. Yes. It is the haunting of the opera. Surprise! Ah. But they're changing the style to kabuki nobody asked for that no. but they're doing it anyway <laughs> and i just love that that's a play obviously on people setting shakespeare and classic things in random settings <laughs> like shakespeare in space <laughs> when camilla hears that the last show her mother did is going to be performed she decides that she will sneak into auditions one way or another oh no I'm here, and I know you are here. Every time I sing, I feel you near. Now I have my song to sing. I'll sing with all my heart. I will sing just like you. I will get the Maybe she'll get the part? Who knows? Also, we did fade out a little bit on Meatloaf, but don't worry, you'll hear him later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we hear, you know, a nice ingenue sing-sing. Yes, we get to hear this woman sing. She has a really, really pretty voice, mm-hmm. and I think she does a great job in the show. And... We might have played a little bit of it, but I like how at the end of the song, it's like real. It's three different things that are interwoven. I love stuff like that where there's three different melodies. It all comes together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Camilla manages to convince a camper overseeing the auditions, Joel Hopton, to let her in, and she easily impresses Artie and wins the lead of Sophia. Well, she was double cast, but yes, <laughs> fine. Much to the dismay of her brother, some of the campers, and a disembodied voice yielding a knife in a dark room. Ah! So he sings that. <laughs> and, and that alone. Literally, that was it. It's very scary. Are How you spooked? Creepy. Don't look behind you. <laughs> so as opening day grows closer and closer. Okay, the rehearsal time frame is not clear at all. <laughs> like Sometimes it's a month. Sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it's very weird. Meatloaf has these phone calls <laughs> that are supposed to create a consistent timeline, but I think in editing, they kind of reversed something because he says, like, at the end of the week, and then there's no way they got this show up in a week. And also, why would you want to get this show up in a week? You want campers to stay there and pay money for as long as possible. So confused. You're right. And, like, the first few times that I saw it, I didn't think about it too much, but it's... It's a huge plot point for me that just irks me because i think it was just an editing error where they're like oh meatloaf's talking on the phone let's just splice him in earlier and then splice him in later to build the tension but it just builds confusion mm-hmm. but we do get some nice rehearsal montages out of it oh yes we do we work we save preparing for opening night rehearse all day it's all must be perfectly right Ingenuity Sing Sing. <laughs> it's more like a warm-up that I feel like is actually a pretty good warm-up. Yeah, actually, you're right. I just sang along with it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Oh, that's fun. I, I I should do that warm-up. Yeah, no one will know what it's from. Mm-mm. And it's better than many mumbling mice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not a tongue twister warm-up, but it's better than like arpeggios and stuff. I mean, it is kind of like the... Uh, Christine part of the end of Phantom of the Opera, but like much lower. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the high stuff later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we'll actually play it on this episode or if you'll just have to watch the movie, but there's some high singing. Yeah. And again, you should definitely watch it. So have we made that abundantly clear? <laughs> Camilla discovers that Artie will only let her perform on opening day, the day the Broadway scouts come. Because that happens at summer camp (laughs) all the time. (laughs) You have to remember, some of the kids in this show are like nine years old. And not that nine-year-olds can't be on Broadway, but they're in the ensemble at nine years old. Like, they're not (laughs) getting discovered. They're nine. I kind of do feel like this is a pseudo-real-ish situation, though, because there's always those moments when you're younger where you're like someone really important is coming to see the show like waiting for guffman yes now it's not going to be a broadway scout a lot of the time but it's like oh this person who was in the ensemble of this touring cast said they were coming and they're this person's cousin and i hope they like it Uh, they had to create urgency somewhere and (laughs) i guess this is the way to do it 
but it's fun. Artie will only let Camilla perform if she provides him with sexual favors. That's not new. He emotionally blackmails her by playing her off of Liz Silver, a camper that will do anything to perform on opening night. Anything. Stop. Hold. Hold. Like you mean it. Uh, Artie, I'm, I'm attracted to women. Okay? Sure, Sam. But, but in this scene, Opera Ghost is yearning for his love. And when he touches her, yeah. Master, you may take me now. Uh. Okay, come on. Just amateurs. Artie? Why don't you show him on me? Ugh, she has started to play the game that none of us should have to play, no. honestly. But it exists. But hopefully we're making progress yeah. on that front. But on the fun side, we get to hear a little more of the haunting of the opera. Like a little. Very little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> like a line. Camilla tries to ward off Artie's attentions by only making out with him, which disgusts Joel, who Camilla has largely ignored since the audition. And if you forgot who that was, that's the kid who let her in to the audition. He's like head carpenter or something. I don't know. I, I forgot him just reading this. Actually, no, he was also hanging a light. He's just like head <laughs> tech person. Yes. He, he has the sign-up sheet. He hangs lights. He has a hammer. But also, there are actually no teachers at this camp. <laughs> right. There is no adults here. Except for Meatloaf, who's constantly on the phone and barely with the children ever. Yeah, and I think there's a gardener, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know who's teaching these children technique. Like, they said in that song that there's teacher. There's, there's they, classes. There's classes, yes. But do the seniors just teach the the little ones? This sounds like a bad setup. Oh, they are bankrupt, so maybe he forgot to hire teachers? <sighs> Who knows? I don't know. Hey, Camilla! Bunk 10's doing an all-drag Stephen Schwartz review for evening activity tonight. Wanna go with me? Uh, thanks, but I, I, I can't. Are you? Right. Wait up! Look how she wants it. Look how she flaunts it. Look at the woman she's trying to be. Look how she wants it. Look how he wants her. I will never let him I'm actually splicing two bits of the same song together, but it's fine. I just wanted to get you a gist of who Joel is because the first part, you kind of feel bad for him, but then the second part where he's singing, you're like, uh, hi, she's not your possession. Please mm -hmm. step off. Very, very true. Um, I also have to note that this is the only time we hear him sing. Is it? I think so. I think you're right. It's pretty good, though. Yeah. But talk about movements. This song has a ton of movements. Mm -hmm. We did not play for you. 
including a movement where a little girl asked for Camilla's autograph, adorable. And then one of the girls in that little trio I was saying says, she doesn't even go here. You would not understand what I'm talking about. You're just an alto. I love that line. It's, it's so, so funny. funny. As a alto, I take personal offense and I'm also amused. <laughs> I also do like how in this we, we hear the main themes of haunting of the opera and um, it's, it's an earworm. Oh, yeah. It really crawls its way down your ear canal. And we'll hear it more later. Yay, let's go. The night before the performance, Artie gives Camilla an ultimatum. Either she sleeps with him, or he gives the opening night performance to Liz. Camilla initially acquiesces to Artie's overtures, but decides at the last minute that she can't go through with it. Good for you. After she leaves, Artie is brutally murdered by someone wearing the opera ghost mask. In the best way possible. And I can't express my love for this murder sequence oh, enough. It is. As someone who watches a lot of gore horror movies, I think this one is one of the top in creativity. It is incredible. And yes, he does use some theatery tools. Um, to kill Artie, uh, but we won't completely spoil it. This scene is amazing. But in the middle of it, he does say... Break a leg! And that's just too good <laughs> icing on the freaking cake i it's... mean as a catch line when you're murdering someone hilarious <laughs> uh i i wish i could see you all watching this movie and actually just watching this scene okay if you want we would really really get a lot of joy out of seeing your reactions so if you want take a little video and put it up in your Instagram story and tag us in it. We would love nothing more mm -hmm. than just to see your face. So basically, remember this. When Camilla leaves Artie slash Brandon Urinowitz after they're about to do it, when she gets <laughs> up and leaves, start recording your face. You will not be disappointed. I just can't stop gushing about this. It's good. Well, you have to because mm -hmm. we need to move on. Yes, let us move on. Roger Meatloaf tells everyone that Artie died by accident, Un <laughs> <laughs> unwilling to potentially lose a visit from an important Broadway agent, Victor Brady, who is only willing to watch the performance if Camilla is performing. Roger manages to persuade everyone to perform opening night as planned. And finally, we get to hear Meatloaf sing. Isn't it wrong to sing and dance when someone just died? Yeah. Isn't that illegal? What about the sheriff? Do you remember the first time you ever saw a musical play? Do you remember the first time that you ever got swept away? No matter what bad stuff happened that day, when that show was over, 
you probably felt okay. That's why theater has been around so long. That's why we need musical songs. Sing a song, sing a song when you're in pain. Musicals help you feel high once again. Sing a song when things are wrong, don't you fret. Melody's the remedy to help you forget from the ancient Greek stage to today's modern age. Musicals mute out the wars that we wage. When they made gunpowder, we just sung louder. From Gilbert and Sullivan to Rogers and Amistine, show tunes have shown up to drown out the battle cries. And when Terrorists get suicidal. We'll be just fine. Cause we have our own Bible. We'll teach up our archives and find a revival. We'll always meet singing and dancing. And whether it's Candor and Neb or Andrew Lloyd Webber, these musical treasures will help us to weather the horrors of war. So the more that we need for the show to carry. There he is, in the midst of a bunch of children. <laughs> now, I will note again, this is a technically the second time he sings in the show but this is his big number it is it's kind of like pure imagination (laughs) from Willy Wonka it's like weirdly uplifting and rallying the troops but you just watched Brendan Uranowitz die um yes you're right (laughs) and this song opens with a little girl saying isn't it wrong to sing and dance when someone just died i mean she's so cute you have to see her little face when she says it you're just like sweetheart why are you still at camp (laughs) yeah and then another child says yeah isn't it illegal and actually i think it is it might be they should shut down the camp at this point. It's not illegal to sing and dance when someone has died. No, no, no. But, oh, I think just to continue is illegal. I don't think it's but, illegal. It's just in poor taste. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I like how Meatloaf has this ridiculous talking part at the beginning where he rhymes, like, play with day with okay and, like, yay or something. And then they have a <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar moment. Yeah. And pattery gilbert and sullivan stuff and it goes into a marching song it's ridiculous it's a lot and it's great and to top it all off everyone needs to look at meatloaf's wrists so you can see oh, how gosh. long his shirt is <laughs> yeah th- that's something that personally bothers me and i pointed it out to mikey and now he can't unsee it yeah the sleeves on meatloaf's shirt his dress shirt that's underneath his blazer are so long. And I have no idea why. Like, does he have <laughs> tattoos on his hands that he didn't want to show? I or have no idea. Why? It had to have been a choice. Like, But what was the reasoning behind the choice? I think someone just had a creepy director at one point that just did that. And so they were paying homage. <laughs> Seriously, his sleeves go to, like, his thumb. And there's, like, a good like three or four inches past his like jacket where you see sleeve. It's very distracting. You just see like dismembered fingers floating from underneath his <laughs> cuff. It's very strange. He has no palm. But I love him. I think he's great. Oh, he's awesome in this. And this is actually where we're going to 
end our summary because we made it to opening night people opening night and we are not about to ruin this beautiful show for Uh -uh. you but i will just say it's amazing (laughs) yes please 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 watch it add it to your repertoire let us know what you think of it are we weird for liking this show are you weird for not having known about it? <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you. Just watch it now. And again, it is currently on Amazon Prime. Sometimes it's on some other streaming services, but you can definitely, definitely rent it for four bucks. Or if you like it as much as we do, you can buy it for about 13 bucks. Or you could just go ahead and buy it. I think we gave you a pretty good preview if you liked what you heard. You're going to want to own it. Mm-hmm. So why waste $4 mm-hmm. and then buy it for $13? Just buy it for $13 and watch it every year like we do. Tradition. <laughs> so because this is a special Patreon preview episode, we wanted to give you another little sneak peek and share with you our blooper reel for this episode. So, if you sign up for the tiers that include the blooper reel, you will get to hear things like the following for every single episode. Oh, gosh, Mikey. Yeah. Here we go. What are you going to play? I don't know. So, Meatloaf. You probably know him for his other Halloween court... Court? Courtroom drama. <laughs> now, Meatloaf grew up oh, as... Oh, sorry, I bumped my thing. Do it again. Oh, sure. So the last person we want to talk about is Brandon Uranowitz. Now, he is by far... Is it Uranowitz? I said it wrong earlier. You said Uranowitz. I think I said Uranowitz. Uranowitz. Uranowitz? Uranowitz. I think it's Uranowitz. Okay. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Potato, I, potato. Yeah. So the last person we wanted to <laughs> visit Prince of Broadway and An American in Paris, which we were lucky enough to see because then I became a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing him in American in Paris and being like, we saw that guy. And I was like, I know. Where did we see him? And they were like, oh, that amazing production of Torch Song that he was in. He was so good, guys. Like, Really, really good. And also really good in American Paris. And I think actually pretty good in this movie. Oh, no. He's perfection in this movie. (laughs) And we'll get to it. And I could probably gush about him more, but um, definitely one of my favorite Broadway stars today. Male. <laughs> under 30. Just he's definitely over 30. Under 40. I think he's like our age. We're not under 30. I'm sorry to tell you this. No, no, no. <laughs> You're right. I think he's a bit older than us, but yes, in the range. And by range, I mean like five years up and five years down. Well, He's already a star, but he's he's going to be a multi-Tony Award winner, uh, so watch out. Oh, yeah. He's one to look out for. That was really dumb. 
uh, <laughs> song in this musical, but we're going to hit some fun ones. And we're also not going to go to the end because we don't want to spoil everything. We just want to... Everything I was just thinking about there sounded dirty in my head. <laughs> like entice. I was going to say like titillate your senses. <laughs> That's fine. No, it's gross. <laughs> we just wanted to hang the cookie in front of your nose. <laughs> Was that bad? That's the one you went with? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Roger McCall is Meatloaf. <laughs> I just do like this, the quick line that you played, the I sleep with women, but musicals make me feel gay. <laughs> There's tons of gems. It's like, just because Mikey feels that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Choreography in this. And you actually just need to see it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's keep going. I could talk about that number all day, but oh, you just sure. need to see it. It's really my favorite. And I sing it all the time. I think I might have sung it in an earlier episode. Oh, and really? I was like, I don't know if anyone knows this. Maybe I cut it out. Possibly. But if you remember it, let me know what episode it's in. Mm -hmm. So we hear, you know. A nice ingenuity sing sing. Sing sing. <laughs> You're just saying that because it's kabuki. Uh <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is not the Mikado. Oh, jeez. Uh <laughs> Much to the dismay of her brother, some of the campers, and a disembodied voice yielding a dark knife in a dark room. <laughs> A dark knife in a dark room. In the dark. What was that? I don't know. What was that? Okay. Cool, 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 cool. You can cut that out. We're in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Something made a really weird noise. If this broadcast gets cut off, it's we're not broadcasting, so we're no. screwed. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Well, let's see. Where was I? All right. Well, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure it was for me. Oh, I'm sure it was embarrassing for both of us. But now we're here to say goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. If you liked this episode, if you liked the blooper reel, if you like us, you can go to Patreon and subscribe to... To us is that how it works mm -hmm. yeah subscribe to us as a podcast and get extra goodies and know you are supporting us and that we love you i mean we love all of you for listening no matter what for anyway. sure but instead of like one heart you'd get like two hearts like heart heart or maybe three i don't know man you could get three hearts <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so so much for listening and if you want to email us for any reason, you can always email us at buriedbroadway at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at buriedbroadway or search for our page on Facebook. We really, really appreciate you guys even checking out the Patreon, seeing what you can get. Maybe you can't do it right now. Maybe you can do it later. We just love you. And we just thought this would be an interesting thing to start offering. So we hope you enjoy it. And as always, please help spread the word. Tell your friends. Yeah. What, what will we, we dig up next? next? Bye. Toodles.
I know we just played you some songs from the show. But that doesn't mean we have the rights, you know. We're educating you and ourselves, you see. With musicals lost in history. So please don't call your lawyers. That would kill the vibe. We just want to make podcasts. And keep buried Broadway alive. Got beaten up a dozen times for singing Stephen Sondheim's rhymes. Some school bullies sound awfully bad. What school bullies?